Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. awakening again for all of us so that we can really see what God is saying to us in this hour and in the next few weeks before we even meet together corporately. But before we dig into that, I want to pray and, uh, and just ask the Lord to come and be part of this with us and speak to us. So Lord, we thank you that you are with us this morning. And I just ask for a blessing upon our time together and everyone watching today, Lord, that you would release your blessing, that you would speak to us, that you would speak to us with your voice and that you would encourage us and uplift us and bring us to a new place, bring us to a higher level, to deeper thinking, to greater revelation and everything that you have for us. We ask that you would speak and reveal to us today so that we may be increased in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to take us to a passage which is pretty familiar to a lot of us in Revelation chapter 2. You can turn there now. I'm reading from the NIV. Um, but before I go there, I, I want to just explore where we've been in the last couple of weeks because this topic of awakening is, uh, look, it's spoken about a lot in, in charismatic circles. And as you know, um, you know we, we really love the topic of revival and awakening. And for us, it's been a, a key part of who we are in the DNA of our church. And so we want to ask the Lord to increase his heartbeat in this hour where we're coming to the end of full lockdown from the coronavirus. And, and as you know, on July the 5th, we're going to be um, coming back together uh, on a Sunday morning service, 10 a.m. Everyone can come uh, still with some distancing, but everyone can be together, which is going to be an amazing thing. And so... Um, we want to ask the Lord in this hour, in the next few weeks, to prepare us, to fertilize us, to water us and to build us individually so that a, a time of coming together, there will be a different season, a, an upgrade, an increase uh, and everything that he has potentially for us as a people we can step into and we believe that this will require both God's sovereign timing of regathering, but also a, there's a responsibility on our part to step into faith and to step in and activate those things, those gifts and talents and desires that God's put inside of us. And so when we come to the topic of awakening, uh, we really can look at history, which can be a great prophet. And, and sometimes history is the best prophet. Because we can look back to God, what have you done over the generations? What have you done over the centuries, over the millennia? Uh, and typically what he's done over the millennia, it's all got little different flavors, but there's some key elements of that that we can take out of that and we can say, Lord, do it again. Do it in our day. Do it in our community. Do it in me. And so I want to explore particularly for us uh, this area for us individually because Oftentimes we can come and, and pray for revival and ask the Lord to, to awaken our church and our community. And we have a picture of what we think that looks like because we've seen uh, you know, moves of God or we heard about it. Uh, but today I want to drill down to something very simple, fairly short and simple in one sense, which I believe is the centerpiece 
of awakening. And so let's turn to Revelation chapter 2 and, uh, uh, and, and we'll read this and then explore this a little bit more. To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your deeds, your hard work and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. This is, remember, the voice of Jesus to us as the churches. In verse 4, Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love that you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. But you have this in your favor. You hate the practices of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. There's a lot in this passage. The key element of this, this is Jesus speaking to us. And I believe in this hour where many of you, many of us, we've been a Christian for a long time, maybe been to church for, you know, many, many years in our life and we've sought the Lord and we've uh, uh, done everything we know possible, how to improve ourselves, how to read the Bible and how to do the right things. What this passage is encouraging us is firstly saying, well done, you've persevered. Well done, you've discerned right from wrong. Well done, you've kept the faith. You've kept um, standing against those things that are, are wrong, maybe those causes and those elements of life that are ungodly. However, however, and this is the crux of this whole thing, which is quite hard hitting in verse four. Yet I hold this against you, Jesus says. I actually come against you. I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you first had. You've forsaken the love you first had. Let's have a think about that. Let's explore that. What does that actually mean? What it means is we've lost that first precious love that brought us into the kingdom in the first place. And that is our heart connection relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus is the reason for everything. And so... When we look at this topic of awakening, we want to really make sure that it's not just a movement we want. We want to make sure that it's not just a, a church growth that we want, that it's not even just a nice feeling that we want, or a greater, louder worship that we're after, or more popularity, or all of the things that we might picture when we say we want revival or we want awakening. But actually, what we're wanting is Jesus come and awaken us, come and awaken me. Because when we say we really want awakening, we need to be saying that to the mirror. We need to be saying that to ourselves. Lord, come and awaken me. This is our prayer in this hour. Awaken me. Because even if we say this and we don't even quite know what it means, I believe that God is faithful to give us what our spirit is really seeking after. 
And I believe that every, everyone watching today, you must be hungry enough to be with me in this and watching and joining with us as a, as a church family, as a community. Uh, and if you don't know Jesus, then there's something drawing you into even watching this. I believe that sometimes our spirit knows what our head doesn't even know. And so by faith, there's, there's seeds of faith in us that may, our mouths may not be bold enough or our heads may not be able to contain or fully picture what we're seeking. But I, I got to believe that there's a spirit, there's an element in us that really does want the genuine things of God, that really cries out for a genuine move of God. Not a man move, not a made up move, not all the plastic stuff, but a real move of God Almighty coming in our midst and pouring out His Spirit and raising up the dead, so to speak, whether it happens physically, but I think the greater miracle is raising the dead in spirit, raising those of us who have fallen asleep, raising those of us who have turned away from the Lord, raising those of us, and many of you might have siblings, might have parents, might have kids who have turned away from the Lord. Your heart's cry is, Lord, awaken them. Awaken them from their slumber because they are sleeping and we want to spend eternity together. This is the great awakening when it happens inside of us. And you know what? You carry awakening. You carry awakening. Some of you know that. You know that when you begin praying, you, you, you have a release of faith. And this is what happens sometimes. We need to just start the engine of faith and then God takes over. It may take a week. It may take a month. It may take a year. It's like decreeing something. The Bible says decree a thing and it shall be accomplished. But sometimes it takes months of decreeing. Sometimes it takes standing in faith. The other part about this passage here is that we can see that Jesus actually says, well done for your perseverance. And I, and I think that's an encouragement to us that many of you have persevered through tough stuff. Many of you have persevered through doubts and fears and sickness and, and people turning away from you and loneliness and confusion and mental illness and darkness and other things that some may know nothing about. I may know nothing about, but you're still here. You've persevered. And so I want to say to you, I want to champion you like Jesus says, well done. Well done for staying the course. Well done for tuning in today. Well done for hanging on to the thread of faith that you have, even though you haven't felt like it. Hang on, stick in there because it's worth it. I guarantee you, he's worth it. But get back to that first love of Jesus Christ. He is a man, but he is God. And so we have this, this portrayal that we can see of Jesus because he, he, he is a man, but he's fully man and he's fully God. And so there's that other element of the mysterious and the all-powerful and the all-knowing of this man, Jesus Christ, who is our saviour. And when we get back to him and we get back to, because if we lost everything today, if we lost everything in our lives, we want to hang on to him. We want to hang on to Jesus Christ our Saviour, our Lord. He is the King of Kings. He is higher than any authority on earth. And He's the one who can come and awaken us. And so when our hearts get in that place of purity with Him, when everything else may be falling and crumbling around us and we can't rely on anything else, let me tell you, you can rely on Him. You can rely on solely Him. Because a lot of the other stuff, all the things that we think a safe ground isn't safe ground. He is the rock. 
He is the only safe ground. And so if we want an awakening, we get back to the roots. We get back to, uh, in the final passage there that I wrote, the final verse that I read, sorry, it talks about the tree of life. That if we get back to our first love and we persevere and we get back to Jesus, he is the tree of life and we get to eat from the tree of life. And so what does that look like? It ultimately means in heaven with him. It means in eternity with him. But I believe that there's an element here on earth that we get to participate in some of the first fruits, deposits, if you like, of heaven here on earth. And that is the love of God, getting back to the first love of God, which comes to us through his son, Jesus Christ. And so I want to really... Um, round that out today by saying that everything else we do in our lives, and if you read some of the other passages following after this, you'll see that there's a theme. And the theme is that Jesus says to the churches, and, and we can kind of take that personally for ourselves in saying Jesus says to believers in different areas or believers of different styles, let's say, or believers in different cities even, he says certain things to people of, of certain persuasions in their belief. He brings correction. He congratulates them for doing things, but then he brings some clarity. And so for us, we can hear his voice and saying, if he's not our first love, if he's not the reason we're doing what we're doing, then we need to ask ourselves some questions. And that's what I want to ask us is preparing to coming back to church together. I want us as a, as a people, and Karen and I, this is what we, we're really going after, the genuine depth of the heart of God for us. And what does that really look for? Ask the deep questions. Ask the, the, really, um, the, the questions that maybe we're too scared to ask when someone's in the room. We want to ask those questions of ourselves. We want to go deep. We want the genuine we don't want second best and we know you don't want second best. We want God to move in our midst. We want him to move on your life. We want to see healing. We want to see uh, the prophetic word. We want to see the gifts of the spirit, but we don't want to settle for things that we think might just attract more people because I fear that sometimes we've fallen into this trap and of saying, oh, God's moving and, and there's this and, and you know, 100 people are healed when only... Three people were healed. We're done with that. We're done with that. Uh, I've been to many, many meetings, and I'm sure you have too, where we claim that many people have been healed, and we kind of say it by faith, but we also say it by fallacy. You're not, not meaning to. We say it from a good heart, but hey, let's call a spade a spade. If someone's healed, they're healed. If they're not healed, they're not healed. I'm sorry if that sounds harsh, but but let's help ourselves on on knowing that if, if I'm in business, which most of you know, I, I've had a lot of experience in business as a CEO. If I say to my workers, we generated 10 kilometers of pipe today, guys, and the workers on the machine know full well we've only produced five kilometers of pipe in that day, then there's no amount of faith and pepper and special ways I can say it to convince them that we actually produce 10 kilometers of pipe when they know full well the machines say we produce five kilometers of pipe even if i say by faith we produce 10 kilometers i hope we produce 10 kilometers or maybe we'll produce 10 kilometers tomorrow but if we only factually produce five kilometers there's a gap 
And you know what? I've realized that that gap between what we've proclaimed or what we've even spoken about in good nature and in our keenness and our love saying God did this and there's numerous people looking around it may be unsafe family members are looking and saying you're saying that but I can't see it and this is where our fruit needs to speak louder than our words and people will judge us by our fruit that's scripture people will judge us by our fruit people won't judge us about what we say People won't judge us about saying there's a revival meeting on and all sorts of amazing stuff's happening. That sounds good, but people will judge us by our fruit. So what will they do? They'll judge us when we're at work the next day and the boss asks us to do something and we don't want to do it and we kind of resist that and we have a little bitterness toward other people and other employees. There's the fruit. So the awakening must change the deeper elements of our life. An awakening of Jesus Christ face to face with the man, the God, our Savior, our Redeemer, must distill down to our spirit, our soul, and our body. Otherwise, it's not an awakening. It's just a tap on the shoulder and we're just sleep talking. And so we want to be really, really honest about what is working and what isn't working. Because if we sell out at thinking an awakening is, is just some nice series of meetings where we say 30 people got healed and 20 got saved and it actually didn't happen, we're kidding ourselves. And, and I don't want that anymore. And I know you don't want that either because we want a genuine awakening of the Spirit of God. And that happens when we get back to reality and we get back to Jesus, our Messiah, our King. And we say, Jesus, I only want you. I only want you. I want what is real. I want what is genuine. And I think that uh, the book of Revelation is a, is a great one to explore. I can't explain half of it. In fact, I can't explain 95% of it. But the bits that I understand are, is when the Messiah comes to us. And he looks to us with these fiery eyes on the white rider on the white horse. I mean, it's an amazing image. I love it because it stirs something prophetically in us that says you're called to more than this. And do you know what, church? We're called to more than this. We're called to more than conferences, flyers, nice photos, nice cameras and videos and backdrops and all of this stuff. We're called to more than this stuff. We're called to an awakening with Jesus Christ. That man, that person with pierced hands who died on a cross, who died on that cross for your sin and my sin, because without that, we are dead and gone. And when we are faced with that reality, and then he rose again, he conquered sin, he conquered death, he conquered all the demonic forces in this world. And, and that's our Messiah. That's our awakening. Our awakening is a man, is a God man. And that's what we become awakened to. And when we get awakened to that, anything can happen. And I want that to be our motivation. You know, coming back to church is, is going to be great. It's going to be great to see people again. Sorry, you can't hug and kiss and everything like that. But it's going to be great to be able to come back together again. And, and it's going to be exciting. Uh, but you know what? I, I want that same excitement for Jesus. And I want that in six months' time. I want that when I'm not feeling so good driving to church on a Sunday morning or driving to work on a Monday morning or whatever it is. Because if we get fixated on this man, Jesus Christ, then anything can happen. Because that awakening is so powerful. That as awakening is the thing that has changed nations. 
That awakening is the thing that has revived people. That awakening is the thing that has birthed Christianity in its first place, is the awakening of a love for Jesus Christ, getting back to our first love. It's a challenge. It's not always easy to do. If you've been in a relationship, husbands and wives know this uh, only too well, that you can lose your love. You can lose your first love in that same way. It was very easy early on. Down the track, you hit challenges, you hit stuff where it doesn't feel so good anymore. It doesn't feel, there's no songs in the background and, and there's no romanticism anymore. And so we lose some of that. And it's the same with our faith journey with Jesus. Sometimes we can lose that feeling. And that's when we need to get back to either the word or we get back to time with him. We say, Jesus, I, I can't feel anything. I can't even feel you. Sometimes we might even be so far away from him, we doubt a whole lot of things, but there's a thread holding us on. And that thread is the grace of God holding on to us, saying, I've got you. I've got you. There might be someone watching today where the grace of God is surrounding you saying, you're still with me. I've still got you. And it's at those times uh, then we we get to understand the grace of God and he's kept all of us. All of us have been kept at various seasons where we haven't had enough faith, but he's still kept us anyway. And it's a powerful thing to realize the love of God sustains all of us. And it's the love of God that draws us into relationship with the son of the father God, Jesus Christ. And so I want to bring us to that place today, if I can. And I know the last few weeks I, I've kind of shared, and it's kind of paradoxical in a way because I'm sharing in a way which is kind of anti-church, anti anti-systematic. But the only reason I'm saying that is not to criticize a lot of the stuff we do as church, conferences and prophetic. I love all that stuff. You know that. But I don't want us to think that that is awakening. I don't want us to think, even if we crowd this place full of people and get amazing music and worship and everything, it's not awakening. If we, if we have older calls filled with people at the front, um, you know, because there's a nice moving ending to a sermon with a, with a, a keyboard that sounds amazing and everyone's moved by that and, the, and me, the preacher, can manipulate you enough to get you to cram the altars. That's amazing. I love it. We all love it. But it's not awakening. The real awakening is the one where we fall in love with Jesus and our hearts get connected with our Saviour and we have that fresh awakening and we have that realization that God, you are real, that I am human and I desperately need you. And the only way I can connect to the Father is through the Son, Jesus Christ. And so I look into his fiery eyes as regularly as I can. I don't have a great imagery, but that one imagery I can picture from Revelation, it describes what Jesus looks like. It's kind of picture, that's what he looks like now, because it's victorious, it's powerful, it's, it's conquering. And so I love that. And, uh, and so that's what I do. And, and, and that way I, through my imagination, take myself to a place in scripture and, and get back to my first love. I need to do it more. I want to do it more. It's, a, it's something I'm praying more. But I think us as a community, we're actually in love with Jesus. We're not in love with a man, as in a man here. We're not in love with a movement. We're not in love with even uh, exciting times of, of regathering. We're in love with Jesus Christ. And when we get back to our first love, then anything is possible. When that awakening, uh, sometimes we might find ourselves you know, thinking about awakening. And, if, and if, if, if I could gather enough people, if I could 
uh, you know, just see this happen, if we could do this together, and, and that's good. And all of those things come out of relationship. But we want to remember first, Jesus first, Jesus first. And so I want to just summarize that by just taking us through three phases quickly that really happen in this passage is one through to seven in Revelation chapter two. The first one is that there is a battle and that you might be going through a battle right now. It can be long. It can be tiresome. You know, the battle for a lot of us is boredom. We just don't know what to do with our lives. We've lost purpose. And so I want to encourage you, if you're in that place, don't give up on Jesus because he hasn't given up on you. The next one is there is a key. In this passage, the key is getting back to our first love. The key isn't just starting a new thing just because we're bored. The key isn't just jumping to something else that, sound, that feels better and is more popular because other people are doing it. That's not the key. It's second best. The key is Jesus. And the final thing is, and this is the good news, is there is a reward. The tree of life. If we persist and we get back to our first love and we stay connected to Jesus beyond any other connection, any other relationship, then we are rewarded with the tree of life. And that tree of life is a depiction of Jesus. And we get to eat of the fruit of the goodness of the kingdom of heaven, of his life, his virtue, his power, his presence, which connects us to God the Father by his spirit. And I believe we can get a, a deposit of that here on earth and then we get the fullness of that in heaven. And so we can be assured that we have a comforter and a counselor, Holy Spirit, who will help us in that process. He will speak to us. He'll draw us into relationship. He'll speak to us about things that are right or wrong. He'll, he'll release the presence of God himself onto us because Holy Spirit is God. We have a triune God, Spirit, Son, and Father. And so we get a greater revelation of what it is to live with God here on earth by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's an awakening. When we get awakened to the realization and the power and the presence of God through Jesus, our Savior, our Redeemer, through the presence of the Holy Spirit, anything can happen. Anything can happen. And I'm hoping and our prayer is that through this month of June, as we've been exploring this, talking and sharing about this, our prayer is that enough of us, us included, would become so awakened to that, that realization, the simple thing, Jesus loves us. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. And we love him and we form a greater relationship with him and we get back to our first love. And when we do that, anything is possible in your life. Anything is possible in the people's lives around us. And, and let me tell you, if enough of us catch that, who knows what God is going to do in our community. It's exciting. Let's see what he wants to do. I know a lot of you are excited. A lot of you are praying. A lot of you are seeking after God in a fresh new way. And I just bless you for that. We need you. We need your hunger. We need your encouragement. We need your fire. We need your, your voice. We need your blessing. Everything you've got. And so and when we come back, we're, we're like you know, three weeks out or whatever it is now. Then, uh, then we want to really ask the Lord to take us to a new place. Take us to a new place as a community of awakening. It starts with us, our first love, Jesus Christ. Beyond anything else we can do, Jesus Christ, our first love. And that means we get with him. That means we seek him. That means we ask him those deep questions. And that means we give him our life in a fresh new way. And, and that's what I want to finish with today is 
Maybe you've never done this before, or maybe you've just realized, wow, I've, I've actually just lost track of that first love, Jesus Christ. It's been more about all the other stuff or routine or boredom or systems or whatever it is. It's been more about that than actually that man, my God, my Savior, Jesus Christ, the only one who can do anything eternally good for me. And, and maybe we're in that phase and, and you know, a lot of us actually go through that phase regularly. Um, and so don't feel bad if you're in that phase. Just recognize that, that this, is, this is a season where we can respond and no one else is going to see. So it's not a bad thing. But uh, at the same time, we can get real. We can get real. Maybe we can get real in a way we don't normally get real with ourselves. So go deep. Let him speak deep to you today. Let him challenge you. Let him speak to you. But know that he loves you. He upholds you. And so let's pray together just as we finish off today and allow him to speak. Allow his presence to come and fill your room and to fill your being with, with his light and his truth so that we can have a fresh awakening to Jesus Christ, his fiery eyes, rider on the white horse. He's coming for you. He's coming for me. It might even be next week he's returning. Who knows? But, um, but he's coming for us and he wants a, a spotless bride and he wants us to be in a position where we're full of energy and faith and telling as many others about his love. But we need to get back to that place ourselves. And so let's pray. Lord, we just thank you today that we've been able to spend this time in your word. We thank you that you never give up on us. And wherever we are today, whatever we're doing, Lord, we just give a fresh to you. Jesus, we ask that you would come into our midst, come into our room, and that you would speak to us. I pray for any who may be watching this today who have never given their life to Jesus. Today, I pray they would give their life to you and they would hand over the reins to you. And Jesus, we ask that you would come and take over, take control of our lives. Come and take control of our lives. Come and meet with us again. Come and speak to us again. We ask by your spirit, you would come and form a strength and a resilience in us that would form a relationship with you that wouldn't be shaken, that wouldn't have ups and downs and all the waves of life, but that we would get in a place with you, Jesus. If we need to repent, that we would repent and lay down sin, lay down blockages and doubts and fears and stuff that's got in the way. But Jesus, we get with you today. We ask you, our God, to come and fill our room, fill our hearts, fill our lives with the fresh love of God. Let the love of God overwhelm us. Let the love of God be poured out in our hearts again. Maybe some who haven't had that love awakening ever in their faith Today, let today be that day. Let today be that day. Holy Spirit, come. Crash in on us that you would come and, and awaken our spirits, awaken our hearts. Maybe some who haven't for a decade got saved a long time ago or decades ago and it's got hard, it's got tough. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come and that you would awaken us with the fresh love of Jesus Christ, the fresh love of our Saviour. And so we give you that time today. We give you that place, Jesus, and we, we get back in that position with you. We love you, Jesus. We ask you to come and have your way in our lives, have your way in our midst. And we say, we say come and take over. You are our priority in our lives. And Jesus, we just say, come and awaken us. Awaken us. Awaken us afresh. Awaken us individually. Awaken me and awaken us as a community. 
And we say, come and have your way. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in us and in our community as it is in heaven. And we say this, Jesus, that you would come and have full authority over us. We thank you for your power and your presence in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you guys. Thank you so much for spending time with us again today. Get with Jesus this week. Have an amazing week with him. And I pray, we pray, and from Karen and I, we just thank you guys. We're praying for you. And we pray that that you would really experience God in the next few weeks in a great way, uh, getting back with him in a fresh new way, and that the love of God, the power of the Holy Spirit, and that revelation of the love of Jesus Christ would be so awakened in you and in us in this season. Uh, And we just say, let his kingdom break forth in our midst and in yours as well. Bless you guys.